Welcome to Stories That Stir. Woohoo! I used to think I was the sickest person in the room, like wherever I went. And now I look around and I just realise we're all fucked. <laughs> <You know? laughs> stories That Stir delivers raw and personal stories relating to specific themes as told by incredible humans from all walks of life. The stories are recorded live at the bi-monthly Sydney-based Stories That Stir event which was created to break down barriers, stir conversation and inspire positive change. My name is Monica Rosenfeld. I'm a communication keynote speaker, event MC, and comedian. I'm also the host and founder of Stories That Stir. I believe sharing stories is the key to eliminating conflict between people as we gain an understanding of the world from others' point of view. Let's begin our first series, Love. Our next speaker is going to be a huge treat. Danny Shannon has been blessed to be uh, recovered from drugs and alcohol for 12 years. He's the most... Give it up, give it up, give it up. (laughs) He's the most beautiful, gentle giant of a man that I was privileged to meet about six or seven years ago. He, look at him, he's amazing. <laughs> he's just, he loves his work, he loves his life, he can't stop smiling, he loves being here, and he's going to love sharing with you. So here you go, Danny Shannon. Thank you. Hey guys, uh, my name's Danny and I'm an addict. Hi Danny. Sure. I'm used to that. I go to meetings often. Um, I know you've seen that stuff on the television. Um, and I'd also like to identify as an alcoholic just to fit in with you guys a little bit more because I see there's a lot, of, a lot of bubbly there on the table. Um, but actually, I'm clean and sober for 12 years, five months and two days. Um, <laughs> thank you. Look, I love the story of love, actually. I... I came into recovery on the 15th of September 2009, this um, incredibly scared, um, angry, resentful, bitter uh, man, you know, a a liar, thief and a cheat. And um, when I entered drug and alcohol recovery, I was... I was just absolutely lost. You know, once upon a time, I used to think that the drugs were the problem and then I got off the drugs, maybe about seven days after the withdrawals had kind of finished and um, I realised the drugs weren't the problem. I was the problem, you know. I was, it was this living life on life's terms without the use of a substance that was the problem and um, I had no idea what the word love is. In fact, I used to see people holding hands in the street and I used to just think, yuck, you know. <laughs> Get a room, you know. Um, or I'd hear people talking about how beautiful the grounds of Roselle were and I'd just think, fuck off, you know. <laughs> like um, I, I could not see any beauty in anything, that's for sure, you know. And what I learned over, over the years was that, um, and it took years, um, that I was, just this, I was just full of fear, you know. I was unable to... Uh, Intimacy, you know, there was no way I was able to um, even understand or comprehend the word. In fact, like I said, when I'd see people sharing intimacy or doing it in the streets, it just used to turn me off. And um, this story that I'd like to share with you guys is uh, in three parts, and I'm going to try and keep it to me ten minutes. Um, is uh, I've got a story to share with you about my dad. Um, through the Fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous, I learned to love, and in return, 
for that love, I was able to tell my dad that I loved him for the first time. Um, and second part is going to be about my beautiful daughter who um, I adopted, which I only just learned a couple of days ago that that's what I'm going to call it. I adopted her. Um, and, and lastly, just around how the Fellowship and Narcotics Anonymous love me back to life, you know. Going back about 10 years ago or 12 years ago, I should say, um, I, I hated people, you know. And like I said, I didn't hate people, I was just scared of people. I did not know how to connect with people. I got a push bike in the early days of my recovery because I couldn't stand going to the bus stop because wherever I go, right, wherever I go, I attract mental health, like wherever I go, you know, like the crazy person on the bus will come and sit next to me and it's because they feel comfortable <laughs> with me, you know, I've... I actually work in drug and alcohol recovery as well and um, I work with prisoners coming directly out of jail. You know, some of these guys have been in there for 20 years and I've got this ability through this gift of uh, recovery to connect with the roughest, toughest, buff-headiest kind of men. Um, just like that, you know, I guess they call it lived experience, you know. But I want to jump over and look, oh, sorry, I had this bike and... Um, the rehab I went through, which is actually the same service that I've worked at now for over 10 years, um, they, they, there's two types of people, right? There's the person who talks too much. I don't really like that person, right? Because I don't connect with that person who talks too much. And then there's the person who doesn't talk. That's me, yeah? Um, but So I remember they used to, all the boys would go out for a coffee after going out to a meeting or something and I'd always want to stay home. And they forced me to go out and, and go for coffee, basically, just to connect with other people. And... I had a sponsor. You guys heard of a sponsor? Yeah. I still got him. I rang him today. Um, he said to me, Danny, you can go to coffee and you can buy a takeaway cup and you can leave, you know. It was something as simple as that that changed my life, actually. Like, I thought, I used to think I was the sickest person in the room, like, wherever I went. And now I look around and I just realise we're all fucked. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's true, brother. Like, um, yeah, like... I. I was this self-obsessed, self-conscious, low self-esteem, no confidence kind of person. And, and like these days, I just get up, front up and do what needs to be done. You know, I want to jump over to this story about my dad. So over the next eight years, I, I worked... Yeah, you heard of the 12 steps? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they're like this... And this is why I actually think I'm the luckiest... Fuck, my legs are shaking. The luckiest man alive, right? And I say this often, right, but the 12 steps are like this set of instructions on how to live. This is a set of instructions that m maybe some of you guys don't have, you know. Maybe some of you guys are in the Fellowship of Alcoholics and on. But um, so I got this set of instructions on how to live and through working those steps and connecting with other human beings, writing, doing a lot of writing and a lot of therapy, I learned to sort of um, be of service to others. And my biggest message these days is around kindness and gratitude, absolutely. And I, I learned that through helping other people, it feels good for me. And in fact, I try to give without any expectation because that feels even better for me. Um, and anyway, there's a step called step nine. They think it goes like we may direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Um, you probably heard that. Um, and my dad... I call my dad Tony, right? From the from a little kid, he told me to call him by his first name, Tony, and um, and his nickname Shonky. <laughs> he, he's in he's in hospital now, sadly, um, not doing too well. But um, Shonky, um, who's like seventy six or seventy eight, um, told me to 
to call him Tony. So we never had a relationship at all, you know. My father used to be my fence. A fence is the guy that buys all your stolen stuff off you, you know. Like, um, he wasn't the best role model, but I did have this beautiful mum who taught me all these beautiful values and morals that I believe I still have today. And anyway, I took my dad to Thailand um, three years ago, and my plan was... Another thing I learned was I don't need to change my dad at all. I just want to let him know that I love him, you know, like tell him that I love him. It was the fucking most uncomfortable thing I'd ever done. <laughs> like you prepare for this stuff, right? And you prepare for this stuff, but when I sat there on the beach at Patea, kicking back, drinking a coconut water, I said to him, like in all this, and this is what always happens with me, and I believe with human beings in general, like this front comes up. Like, I wanted to do it last night, but now I don't want to do it. And what it is, is fear, yeah? It's like, this happens to me every day. This is my life every single day. Um, but anyway, and I sat down there, and I said, Tony, I just want to let you know that I love you. And he said, I like you too, Danny. That, which was absolutely beautiful, you know? I couldn't have asked... For, for much more than that. Um, all right, and so, yeah, that's my story of my dad. But guess what? Last week I started telling him that I love him again. He's saying I love you too back, um, which <laughs> it's like, it's, um, thank you. It's one of those things when people are dying that they start to say, you know, and I, at least I told him before, um, before that. And then um, I just want to share the story about my, my beautiful daughter, Amalia. Um, you can see I get a bit sensitive around some of this stuff. But I went on this trip to America um, back in 2017. And her mum had the baby. Um, and when I arrived back from America, um, really inspired and feeling great. In fact, I broke up with the mum because I didn't want a baby, right? Well, she, I got back from America. She was six days old and I met this beautiful little girl. And her mum... The dad was gone. He wasn't around, right? And this is just a mother's instinct, I believe, right? She tried to convince me that Amalia was mine, right? She started going, look at her hands, look at her feet. I've got big hands, Amalia had big hands, and etc. And all of a sudden, I've gone from never wanting to have a kid again to thinking, all right, maybe she is mine. Like the mathematics, I understand, right? The mathematics sort of added up. In my head, it was like nine, 11 months ago, but anyway. Um, so over the next, I ordered a DNA test immediately um, and it come, arrived in the internet. I took the DNA test, I sent it off. But in these next three weeks, I um, became her dad, like really bonded with this little girl. And I thought she was mine delusionally I knew she couldn't be but um and anyway it came back like a 10 million to one chance that she was my daughter right <laughs> uh, but I've continued um to be her dad her mum's a weirdo like her mum told me to start calling her to call me dad and it's, it is really the weirdest strangest situation she's not I'm not her stepdad I'm something else I'm her mum's friend but I'm an ex of her mum's but I came afterwards so Anyway, um, just this week, I told my daughter, um, she's just started school, she's only four and a half, but I told her that, that I'm not her biological father. Um, I'll just finish with this, right? Um, I told her that um, I'm not her biological father. I'd done a whole bunch of research on how I would do that. You know, I got some photos of her dad. Um, I tried to explain it. She's going to go to school. She's going to hear the same sort of stories from other kids. And, I, and there's a risk that... Somebody will tell her as well externally. So, um, and sure enough, she didn't give a shit. You know, just like she, like she, she said, I want to meet him. I want to see him tomorrow. And then, 
And then I said, who's your daddy? And she said, you are, you know. Um, so, um, look, I'm an incredibly blessed man. Um, my, my job today is a man in recovery is just to share the message of love and hope with anyone out there. And if anyone you know, a family member or yourself, might be struggling, you can just look me up under Danny Shannon. And as it happens, um, I'm basically famous, right? Because Monica um, helped me get that. Um, so, um, yeah, you could look me up under that. So, look, the Fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous love me back to life. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I loved bringing this story to you and I hope it moved you as much as it moved me. If you're ever in Sydney, please come on down to our in-person events which take place every second month at Moore Parks Entertainment Quarter. To find out more, links to book tickets to our next show are in the episode notes or follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Stories That Stir.